Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful afternoon that you've given us. We pause before your word and before your presence, even as we ask that you may bless our time together. Enable us, oh dear God, to contemplate on the issues at hand. And though they are sensitive, may they be, may the word of God be salt to uh, a, a rotting wound, as it were. We do want to pray that by your spirit you may change us from the inside out and convict us. Uh, because I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> so, the task I have at hand is a very difficult one, but a very necessary one. And it is me uh, opening up the scriptures to find out or to define what modesty is. And this is the reason why we're here. Now, just to define terms, I found this definition very, very helpful. The English word modesty is derived from the Latin word modestus, meaning keeping within measure. Modesty involves moderating our clothing choices to keep them within the measure of what is considered appropriate and respectful in the places where we plan to wear that clothing. When we are modest, we choose humility over vanity by making choices according to what's best for all concerned rather than just indulging our own desires uh, of the flesh. Doing that requires self-control. So this is modesty in line with clothing. But generally, the general meaning of modest is uh, one who has a heart posture of moderation in what they do. Today, we are looking at modesty, particularly in the area of dressing, particularly in the area of apparel. And I want to start by saying that modesty is a gospel issue. Despite people saying it's a cultural issue, you know, people will tell you, you know, we come from this tribe. So this tribe who would permit us or allow us to dress in a particular way. And people flaunt themselves that way. And he says, culture, God will accept us the way we are. And yet, when you see the world around us, and you mention this term, modesty, people quickly scamper to women. I don't know why. And yet... We see that even men struggle with modesty in dressing, in lifestyle. Some in our day even almost walk around nude 
And I'm talking about men. We see it every day in our, in our, in our culture, in our uh, areas of probably influence where we spend our day. The dresses are getting tighter and shorter. And the idea is that the more flesh you are gripped by, the more you will be given to this culture that is so obsessed with sex, really. It's a culture obsessed with sex. And it's clear in the Bible as to why that is so, because mankind is sinful. But we see that people are getting more desensitized and people are applauding and tolerating people who are not dressed, whether men or women. Even when you go shopping, there's some clothes. You know, in fact, most shops you go today, and this is why I don't like going shopping. You go to a shop and almost everything is tight-fitting. Mpombi. The dresses have got holes in the back whereby from shoulder to lower back there's a big hole. And then you can even see ah, maybe somebody's wearing oh there's a color bra, red bra and at the top there's underwear showing. This is the, the world that we're now living in. And the clothes for men are getting tighter and smaller and even more feminine so to speak, you may even be mistaken to buy a trousers thing that is for men when actually it's designed for women. So here are some disclaimers even before I get anywhere. First of all, I don't want you to see this seminar as a bashing fest. I'm not bashing anyone. But a much needed salt rub to a rotting wound. Secondly, consider that God loves you and contrary to the world's love, he disciplines those whom he loves. Hebrews 12 verse 4 to 6, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood and you have, and have you forgotten exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Point three, or disclaimer three. Take this as an open pastoral letter from your pastor, specifically to this church. And if other churches are helped as well, praise the Lord. This is why we have recordings online. Brothers and sisters, may God help us in this truly generational shaping matter. This is no joking matter. But if, in fact, I want to even say that as far as this church is concerned, from what I've seen, people try their best. I've been to churches, friends, where 
you will literally cry. Your eyes will, will water from immodesty. You have to ask yourself and say, ah, am I still in church? Oh, you know what's happening here? So, an encouragement from me to you is that I am particularly encouraged. Especially by the women in this church. And I'll tell you, go ahead. Holistically, not just in church on Sunday. Seek and strive to be modest. But we have to see what the Bible says about the matter. And I want to take two similar texts from two different apostles. And by the Spirit's help, draw lessons and application from there. First of all, let's start with the Apostle Paul. 1 Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2 and I'll read 9 and 10. Hear the word of God. In fact, I'll read from verse 8. I desire then that in every place the man should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Verse 9. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self Control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. That's the Apostle Paul. We see the Apostle Peter. We see the Apostle Peter. First Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 to 4, this is the word of God. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be, hid be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. Two apostles, two different letters, written to two different people then, in terms of people groups, but obviously they were writing to churches. And ultimately, for us today, one message. And the message is very clear here, that first of all, they are addressing women. And if you see the overarching content of both texts, you see in the first place that women and men should be moderately, moderately dressed. Those who are Christians, right? He's writing to Christians, writing to believers. He's saying the distinguishing mark of a believer is seen in one way through the, the, the apparel. Secondly, in the second place, you see that they should be modest in presentation. So in other words, you see they where he talks about braiding of hair 
and pearls. And our forefathers, I'm sure, were not saying don't wear pearls or anything or even makeup. But they were saying in your presentation, my dear sisters and brothers, do not overdo it where even one begins to look like a clown. Have you ever seen that where you see someone that is so saturated or clad with makeup that they become unsightly? Like, it's actually not nice or appealing. They assume that with the more makeup I have, the more attraction I will gain. The more makeup I have, the more I can try to seduce or even attract people to myself. And and Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter are cognizant of these things. You may even be tempted to think that this is a non-issue. If it was a non-issue, Paul and Peter would not have written about it. Paul and Peter would not have written about it. In fact, they've not made it a non-issue. They've made it a gospel issue. Where your dressing is a witness of Christ. Dear friend, what is your dressing preaching to us? Whether you're a man or a woman. Your dressing is preaching to us one way or the other. The question is, what is the message? When you go into the world, there is no presence for guessing what the dressing is all about. What is it preaching? What is the message? It is one, come and get me. Look at me. Uh, Anyway, let's continue. We see also that the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul show us that there's an inward reality that presents itself in actions. Be assured that whatever is in the heart will manifest itself in the present and you cannot hide it for long. That is... The good thing about salvation. That is the great thing about salvation in Jesus Christ. That one who's a Christian, it's not very uh, hard to see. And one of the ways, dear friends, that you can see that whether somebody has truly received the grace of God or not is in their dressing. And And if they have received the grace of God, Maybe they need discipleship and teaching. We cannot discount that. But let's go, let us not forget the context here that, the, that our forefathers were, were addressing. They are addressing people who are being saved out of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire and all its practices overtook the whole of Asia Manor. It was a sensuality fest there. 
And this is why you see even in Paul's letters to the Ephesians, he's writing against sexual immorality because the Christians there had a temple specifically for prostitutes and they would go and worship there and trade off there, the temple of Diana. So this was not a moral environment. The, the Roman Empire was immoral. And Peter and Paul are writing to these people and saying, let not your adornments be merely external. In other words, let not what we see on the outside be the draw card to yourself, but the quiet spirit may it come out and be seen in the way you handle yourself, the way you, 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 you carry yourself in town, at the workplace, in school, when people uh, think about so and so and say, so this person is like this, will they know that, aha, that's a Christian. So let's bring these truths to our context and practically apply them. First of all, friends, here we are not prescribing a uniform. <laughs> I'm not saying at BRBC now we're going to be like these uh, Methodists or whatever they are and say, well, everyone is going to wear blue attire, blue robes. Let's walk into church with blue robes. That's what I'm saying. And cover from head to toe. Um, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. We're not prescribing a rule book or a law. We're not saying that at BRBC we only allow people, specifically women, who wear dresses. That's not what we're saying. Because that would not be the gospel. That would be law. But what we are saying is when you wake up in the morning and you look into the mirror, ask yourself, can I converse with someone in this apparel without them being stumbled or without them being made to last? Have you ever thought about that? Like when you're waking up for your daily uh, routines as you go to work, even go to church, have you looked yourself in the mirror and say, and say to yourself, according to the best of my ability and my knowledge, I'm mod modestly dressed, I've, I've moderated everything, and now I'm going to be able to converse with Brother Felix without him being stumbled or questioning me. Is it appropriate, people? Sorry, is it appropriate? Is what, I'm, is what I'm wearing appropriate or that people would stare at my thighs? And this is for ladies, I think, not just in general. I must say that some of the apparel that women wear your fellow sisters outside or even in the church is an eyesore. <laughs> it's an eyesore. Because everything is, is, is left in the open. There is nothing left 
And I believe this is where older women must come in to teach the younger women. And older men should come in to teach the younger men. Because, you know, there are some people that you fail even to sit across. Because the skirt is already, you know, shy. You're even seeing stretch marks and whatever. And the person, ah, hi, how, how are you? Ah, all is good. Yeah, yeah, God. God is good. But you're thinking to yourself, ah, why? Could you not have at least, you know, left that for public, private consumption between you, you know? You ask yourself those questions. And I'm saying this so that as well, we might also be challenged in our thinking. Not to say I'd be a BC Tinongo Feka Kuchechi because Tinenge Tshida Kungo keep up appearances. I want to keep up appearances. I want to show Pastor Kutiai in Inini, don't forget this. But during the week, it's something else. We go to your workplace, we go to your school, we hear that, oh my goodness. See, oh, oh, you see, I meet you during the week, oh! <laughs> you see, ah, what's happening? It's a very difficult topic that really gets into our own hearts. Young men, is it appropriate to have your shirt open all the way to your belly and hide behind heat or fashion? Ah, it's just hot. And then there you are, your hairy chest is out. Maybe you've got a, 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 a necklace. Or maybe the reason why you left your shirt open was to have the necklace out. It's like, oh yeah, I'm worshipping in spirit and truth, brother. What are the ladies saying? What are the ladies feeling? Do you know what your sister struggles with? Maybe let me ask you that. Do you profess to know? Have you taken into consideration that this is a stumbling block? And you see these things with celebrities, you know? You watch these, you know, I, I don't know, the last time I watched all these BET shows, whatever that is, or, you know, these concerts that people do and uh, the awards. But even back in the day when I was not saved, eesh, the men, V-neck, yeah, these days they're now V-necks, whereby someone looks like, you know, I don't know whether he's wearing a, a blouse and not a T-shirt. The V-neck is exposing everything. And they're even flexing. Say, but is that, is that becoming of a godly man? Jane, would you want a brother like that to lead you in church? To preach in a V-neck? With the bangles and necklaces out. So yeah, we are worshipping the Lord, brother. This is to all of us, men and women. Let us think very carefully. Is it appropriate for you to wear apparel that shapes your body such that when people look at you and friends look at you and you know that people scan, huh? That's what I was telling my wife the last time. I said, don't ever think that people don't scan you and watch you. 
I could look once. I don't have to look four times. But the point is, there are people who wear apparel that shapes their body so much so that you think there's nothing left. You can just say, okay, this is how Felix looks when he's naked. That opens an eye. When a zombie, you might as well remove. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and this is what the world is this is what the world is, is, is selling us. This is what the world is is programming us. Such that even in the church you've got people dressed this way and people are just like, oh, this is so good. We need to embrace Gen Z. We need to embrace these young people. They're going through a lot. Hey, it's psychological. You need to be nuanced. You need to get with the age. You need to get with the day. You're so backward. Hey, where are you from? But Paul and Peter address such situations. Very clearly, and we've got principles. Let's continue. Ladies, this one is for you. Leggings are inappropriate for public consumption. I know people say, well, uh, I cover Pastor... No, no, that's fine, that's fine. But get me wrong, get me right. Leggings are inappropriate because they shape you. Even in the gym, you go people, people go to the gym and they're dressed in this attire and everyone is so comfortable. And I think to myself, maybe, maybe it's me, maybe it's my own sinful nature. And I'm thinking, are you serious? And that's why, even if I get a gym subscription, I don't think I'm going back to the gym. Right now, I'm not going because I can't afford, but that's why I run. (laughs) But I'm not going back to the gym for that reason. Inappropriate dressing, leggings. Munanga chita maskwata kafika maleggi. And that is not supposed to be inappropriate. You should ask yourself, what does that do? To people say, ah, you know, it's my body, my choice, my life. Paul says to Christians, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whose body is it? <laughs> That's what he says. But let's continue. Men, short shorts in public are inappropriate. You can't wear boxers and come to preach to people and they hear you. When I'm talking about short shorts, I'm talking about these fashionable shorts. You can see these guys maybe walking in Borodale with slops. The short will be up to you. Yo, bro, how are you doing? You know? Yeah, it's all good. And, you know, dress <laughs> it's out, you know, like they are feeling themselves. Yeah, no, good, good. And I'm thinking, nah. That should be in your home with your wife. Show your wife. Some of you, you don't show your wives your legs. 
You want to show them outside when you come home, motorfaker takes it. Ah, brother. <laughs> yeah, even women. Yeah, when outside, tank top. What, what do they call them? Tank top. Blouse, sleeveless blouse. Just say, Bo, I'm walking. You know, everybody see when I get home. Yeah, you must not see me. Covered. Show your wife. Show your husband. This is, that's for, it's specifically for your wife and your husband. It's very serious. That's why we, 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 we love you and we pray for you. And we want you to do the things that God wants you to do in your home with your spouse. That's why God has given you all that freedom. Felix, you can be in your birthday suit with minor zombie brother. And it's God glorifying. You don't have to feel guilty. Let's go on. <laughs> Someone is breathing. Who is breathing? <laughs> what about the men plating their hair? I won't even get to that one. <laughs> but I have to ask the question, is that modest? No, I, I, I get, don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, maybe we want to get with the times. But is that in step with what Paul and Peter teach? And even the writers of the Old Testament, like men who plate their hair, who keep their hair. Okay, even hair, long hair. Why would you want to keep the hair of Pamela Anderson as a man. Why? Even a ponytail. I can't believe it. When I watch soccer every time, all these guys got ponytails. I'm like, <laughs> you're not a man. <laughs> so we need to, brethren, these are serious matters. We need to question ourselves because sometimes we may even be tempted. Such a brother, if I see you tapiwa plated, we need to get back to the Bible and say, let's, let's talk, brother. What's happening here? Wow, it's raining. But we'll continue. <laughs> In the rain. And some of you women complain, well, pastor, I'm not getting married. There's no one who wants me. Well, if you're dressed like a lady of the night, then no godly man in his right mind will come after you. Trust me. And young, young men who say, ah, this one, I'm, I'm not getting married. Things are tough. Shave your hair. Dress like a man. Dress like a man. And honor God. And you will get married. There's a woman who will spot you and say, I want that one to be my husband. Listen to Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness, or the other translation says, trains us. 
We are in the military. We are being trained, brothers and sisters. Let's, let us be attentive to godly training so that we may grow. If the word of God is speaking, let us be attentive. So, Titus says, saying no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Don't worry, it's not raining. <laughs> we'll pause it there. Let's pause it there. Go you, all of you are scared of rain, huh? Ah, it's not raining. Right, so we see here that Titus 2, 11, verse, uh, uh, verse 11 to 13, saying, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. In this present age, godly lives are not meant for when you die and when Christ returns. We are called to uprightness. We are called to shine the light of Christ where we are as Christians. Matthew 5, 4, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You can't be the light of the world if on a Sunday you are dressed well, then during the week you are dressed like the res- a resident of hell, and then you want to preach the gospel, the people won't listen to you in your workplace. They'll just say, ah, did you say that one is a Christian? There has to be consistency. We need to be cognizant of these things. So what is the remedy? Listen to uh, a, a comment I got from uh, one of these ladies who writes uh, on modesty. Um, and, and I found it very, 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 um, you know, attention grabbing. It says, the best way to start applying this to our lives is by de- developing more self-control. As one of the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, 22-23. Self-control is a character quality that the Holy Spirit will help, help us develop. Learning and practicing self-control empowers us to be disciplined in all areas of our lives, including dressing modestly. So, friends, it is important for us to think, because God has given us minds, to say, what is this occasion that I'm going to? Where am I going? Okay, I'm going to the president's house. You cannot go and see President Idim Nangagwa in skinny jeans. Most of you will tell me you can't. Leggings, shorts. Can anyone here go to see President Idi with shorts? put on your best likewise think about it now you're meeting with God in the church of Christ what more the church of Christ I hear people say well pastor you know you reform people are too legalistic you even wear suits you're like western people 
And uh, uh, Steve Lawson once asked this question, somebody asked, you know, is it okay to dress in shorts going to church or whatever it is? And then Steve Lawson said, why would you go to meet God as if you're going to a slumber party? Does it show reverence and awe? And once we develop that, even in our daily lives, it will spread to every corner of our life. You even begin to see that, okay, what I'm dressed in right now, they've come. Okay, listen, I'm dressed in a short right now. Let me go and put on something different. So it helps us discern what's best in every way, in every situation, so we choose how to dress appropriately. For example, when, it's, when we're self-controlled, we can see how we dress at work, at church, and, well, sorry, we can see how we dress at work or church should be different than how we dress at home alone with our spouse. So these are now practical helps, and then we conclude. The practical helps that can help us in the area of modesty is number one, men's ministries, and number two, women's ministries. First of all, in the men's ministry, husbands, not boyfriends, regulate what your, wear, your wife wears. Yes, they'll kick and scream in the beginning, but they'll get the memo right as we go. They'll be thoroughly helped. Even your daughters will be helped. Just imagine, Neraya. Let's say I don't even keep a tab on how her mother dresses. And we just leave everything to chance. And then you see Neraya dancing kwasa kwasa. Dancing like the Roomba dancers. You have seen the Roomba dancers. On media. How does that look for Christians? Men's ministry helps. In our men's breakfasts, in our men's fellowships, we should talk about these things. We should help each other. And I'm not saying you must go inspecting. You know, the people who now, when they've heard this, they now inspect. Huh? Brother, your shorts are, you know, you start even to do things like this. Ah. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, six centimeters. Can you just, you know, you know, this is inappropriate. No, that's not the point. The point is the heart posture. Has the heart been saturated by the scripture such that it responds to daily life in a manner worthy of the gospel? And men's ministries help. Number two, women's ministry. Women, I urge you to pray for one another. Ask for advice. Pick up a call. Eh? Phone. These days, you know, we've got social media, bundles, airtime. Call your fellow sister in Christ. Ha! Ah, you know, I need you to be honest with me. Let's go for breakfast. You go for breakfast. How do you think my dressing is? Does it reflect Christ? And then you hear what your sister will say. Pray for one another. 
teach one another. And I'm not saying, you know, go around judging one another. No, teach. This takes years. It's going to be a struggle for years to come. But it's a hard posture. And you will see that the Lord will do a work in the hearts of people. So dear friends, this is where I'll end for today. On our modesty seminar. Which is the first of its kind at BRBC. I hope we will have more and more over the years and see where we are. Maybe you'll see me next time I'll be preaching in a in a <laughs> in a vest, you know, a V V neck, Yaga Vuba, Amen.